Hello, welcome to the Dear Church Sincerely Intern Podcast. My name is Bailey Horn. I'll be your host throughout this series. Uh, I'm glad you're here. I'm not just saying that, I mean it. Uh, We have some real practical hands-on things for you today. Uh, Before we jump into our conversation um, with a local pastor, I want to talk about the podcast for a second, Um, what it is and what the point is. So, um, like I said, my name is Bailey. I'm an intern. Um, I have been. This is my fourth church. Um, And I've... They've all been pretty broad-ranging places, ranging in size from um, 70, well, probably not 70, probably 50 to 3,500. So I've seen all kinds of ranges, uh, small, medium, large, and I just want to share some info, share some info with you guys. So the point of this podcast is going to um, hopefully just make you think differently, make you think afresh, I suppose, stir up something new in you, but... Also to pitch ideas, give you resources um, in ways that you can spice up your ministry, get renewal, I suppose. Uh, It's going to be aimed towards leaders, pastors, and and interns as well. Um, I want to encourage you interns when it sucks, when it's hard. um, Keep pushing through it. Um, If this is what God has really called you to, and you keep faith in that, then then you'll be the one having interns and, and you'll know what you're doing. So like I said, this is going to be from an intern's point of view, but uh, I'm going to give short little insights before and after the conversation with our guest. But uh, every week we're going to talk to a different pastor. We're just going to see where their heart's at. Um, and we're going to talk about topics ranging from having interns to midweek programming, which is what we're going to talk about today, and I'm really excited. So um, a little bit of background on our guest, Robbie Rasball is his name. He's kind of a local celebrity. Um, He's an area youth pastor. He's an author, uh, Bethel College graduate, and what I really like about him and why I brought him on was because I really like the way that he does midweek programming. Uh, the way he does it can be applicable to any kind of ministry, any kind of ministry, adult ministry, uh, worship ministry, whatever it might be, whatever Robbie has to say today. Uh, it's good. It's worthwhile. And I am really glad you're here to, to check it out. So without further ado... Here's my conversation with Robbie Rasball. All right, so this is my brother Robbie here. Robbie, so tell us, what are your credentials as far as ministry goes? Tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, sure, man. My name is Robbie Rasball. Uh, I am, uh, yeah, youth pastor. Uh, at a church in uh, Middlebury, Indiana, and uh, yeah, I just actually got my pastor's license last year, so I'm a real pastor now. Woo! It's great. <laughs> uh, so yeah, uh, I've been in ministry for uh, uh, about five or six years now. Uh, got a got called me to ministry about ten years ago. So uh, so yeah, it's uh, it's been a great ride so far, man. 
That's good. So, Robbie, uh, to make the audience a little more maybe familiar with you, uh, share mm-hmm. a funny story that's happened to you in ministry. Okay. Oh, we will be very familiar okay. after I share this. So. Okay. <laughs> good. <laughs> All right. Uh, yeah. So, I remember when I was an intern a uh, long time ago. Uh, I was a, kind of a worship intern. I was helping out with worship a lot. And uh, I was leading with vocals, and my buddy Nate was playing acoustic guitar. Uh, as we were uh, leading worship for the youth, uh, and by the way, this is for like 60, 70 kids, uh, uh, Nate's guitar string broke and, and like flung off and hit me in the arm. <laughs> and I started bleeding on stage as I was leading. So, uh, so yeah, that was a lot of fun. I just took it like a champ, kept going, and uh, didn't even really acknowledge it. Wow. So, yeah. Wow. It was, it was a lot of fun. Worship can be, worship can be dangerous. They dangerous. don't tell you that. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's not something they teach you in seminary. It's not. Or worship school. No. So take no. that, Bethel Music. <laughs> um, so, Robbie, share with us. You said you're a youth pastor. Uh, share with us what your church does for midweek programming, as that is the topic for this week. It is, yeah. yeah. It is, for sure. Uh, yeah, so for midweek programming, uh, we meet on Wednesday nights. Yeah, uh, our youth group is, um, we run about uh, 30 to 40 students mm-hmm. on a normal Wednesday night. And uh, we, uh, uh, our, our general uh, format for that is we usually have five elements that are involved with that. Um, we do announcements just to let you know the students what's what's coming up. Uh, we have uh, usually a small small amount of time for games. Uh, we have some worship, uh, which by the way our, our worship is almost completely student led, which is a wow. blessing and great. Uh, we also have uh, a message, and then we make time for small groups at the very end. So uh, each almost every Wednesday we'll have all five of those elements, uh, but we don't always have them in the same order. Uh, one of the things I like to do is just keep it fresh. Uh, if youth group is predictable, then students are going to less likely enjoy it. So um, sometimes we'll do worship after the message, sometimes we'll uh, do games right before uh, the message. Uh, it, it just depends on what the, what the flow of the night brings. So those are, uh, those are kind of some of the elements of it, uh, of what we do. So, yeah. Sure, yeah. So tell me, does your church um, do anything with adults as far as Wednesday night goes? Mm-hmm. That is true. Yeah, thanks for bringing that up, actually, because uh, we actually serve a, a meal oh, yeah. before the night. Yeah. Um, every single Wednesday? Every single Wednesday night. Wow. Uh, we have some uh, very hospitable people in our church that uh, actually uh, go out and, yeah, prepare meals for uh, for a lot of people. So, um if you can, I'm just going to say this to all the ministers out there, for your midweek programming, if you can feed your students before mm-hmm. uh, or some point during the night, uh, that is a great way to bring them in the door. <laughs> just giving them food. Uh, that means a lot. And it can, um, yeah, it, it can really help your ministry out. So feed their bellies and feed their souls. <laughs> sure. I mean, even looking at it, a lot of the things Jesus did were around food. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of the greatest miracles were around food. Mm-hmm. So I appreciate you guys doing that every single week. That's incredible. Mm-hmm. Yeah, thanks, man. Incredible mm-hmm. ministry. Uh, so tell me, you said you run, what did you say, 30 to 40 kids? Yep. Mm-hmm. All right, so tell me, how much goes into that? Because I imagine your Wednesday night's pretty well planned out. Uh, you said you mix up the elements a little bit, but for the most part, um, how much goes into your Wednesday nights? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, a lot of um, 
a lot of the work uh, that I do in the office on Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday goes into uh, uh, setting up for Wednesday, whether that's moving chairs or uh, creating an order of service, turning on the projectors, just simple stuff like that. Um, but here's here's one thing I'll say. Um, to me, spending time with the students is the best prep that you can do. Uh, I know that doesn't sound like prep, but it, it's better than um, anything else you can do uh, throughout your week. If you're not meeting with your students, uh, you are not. If you're not in their lives outside of Wednesday night, uh, they're only going to look at you as a leader for them on Wednesdays and not for the other six days of the week. So, uh, to me, would you agree with that? Sure. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, to it. yeah, absolutely. So. Uh, I, I talk to these other youth ministers and pastors who say they spend 20 hours a week creating wow. these sermons. And wow. uh, if you're a, if you're a professional speaker in a church and that's all you do, that's great. Go for it. But if you are an actual pastor, if you are a shepherd of a church or a youth group, and you're spending 20 hours a week writing sermons, you're doing it wrong. I'm just going to say it. You're doing it wrong because you can so much better spend that time with the students, with the people you are in your flock, with the people that you're shepherding, because they're not going to remember your sermons as much as the time that you took them out for coffee. They're not. So sure. um, that's how I spend a lot of my time is actually outside the office. Um, that That's prep for me. <laughs> I consider that prep. Uh, it's That is hanging out with the students. So, um, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, spend less time. I, I would suggest... Um, uh, for some of us, maybe we need to work on speaking a little more, but that doesn't mean we have to spend 20 hours preparing for our sermons, okay? It's a lot of time. It, there, is, there is no shame in getting a sermon offline. Uh, there is no shame in getting games on the internet, okay? There, there's no shame in that. Uh, spend time with your students. That, that's, mm -hmm. Don't let Prep for Wednesday night get in the way of relational ministry. Yeah, and I feel like we get so caught up so often in the logistics. Mm -hmm. Of what happens rather than building relationships. Mm -hmm. I, I completely agree with that, man. So Yeah. That's good. So tell me, um, I guess we, we don't have this question written down, but I want to talk about it. How how big is the church you work at? Mm -hmm. Not, not space-wise. Yeah, you want to know the square footage? <laughs> People-wise, how, how many people go to your church on Sunday morning? Absolutely. Uh, we're looking at about 150 to 200 people uh, mm -hmm. on about any given Sunday. Yeah. Um, so that that's that gives you a, a, uh, an indicator. Our youth group runs uh, a little higher than the percentage, from what I hear, about ten percent. Yeah. About ten percent uh, of the church is youth, uh, so we run a little higher than that, which is which is great. That's amazing. Yeah, that's amazing. And I think if anything, that adds credibility to you. I mean, oh, thanks, man. Show, <laughs> showing, um, you know, I guess a youth pastor needs to be pretty relational mm -hmm. I like to think mm -hmm. um, but still able to put stuff together I think it's a good mm -hmm. mix of administrative and and relational at the same time mm -hmm. which I've encountered very few people that have both of those skills in abundance yeah that's true. <laughs> so usually uh, you, you have to work on one of those uh, I've had to work on my administration a lot, mm. uh, which has improved over the years. You know, um, if uh, I can't just say that administration isn't my gift and ignore it, uh, because I mean, if I did that, then we wouldn't have a youth ministry. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There needs to be the budgeting. There needs to be uh, the meetings. There needs to be etc. Fill in the blank. So sure. Yep. So I guess you kind of already touched on this by saying that you meet with kids uh, throughout the week, but mm -hmm. what do you do? to get students in the door for your midweek programming. Mm -hmm. Yeah, this is a, see this is where uh, 
uh, a lot of youth pastors uh, diverge in the ways, the, the methods that they use for it. Um, here's here's what I say. This is just this is just me, Bailey. Um, and if you're taking notes, write this down. Okay. Um, the gospel of Jesus Christ is the most attractive thing in the world. Mm. It really is. The gospel of Jesus Christ is the most attractive thing in the world. There's nothing. Uh, there's nothing else that I can think of that is more attractive, at least to the spirit of a human being than the good news of Jesus, all right? The problem is um, <laughs> uh, sometimes we need to give uh, flesh to things that are spirit uh, so that people can recognize them, if that makes any sense. So I know that's one of the reasons why a lot of uh, youth pastors do games at our Wednesday nights. We do too. We do too. I, I personally like uh, putting together games. <laughs> sure. I, I like creating games. That, that, um, it exerts my um, uh, creative energy uh, that I have. Um, uh, so... Uh, so yeah, that, that is important too. I'm not going to downplay that, but uh, the reason I say that um, is because students are looking for something meaningful. Mm. Uh, a lot of students out there are looking for something. They, they want to add purpose and meaning to their lives, and youth group is such a great opportunity to do that, and I see churches that aren't taking advantage of that. They just want to have fun, and... Um, uh, I'll tell you what, Jesus is fun. You know, the gospel is fun. It, it really is. So, um, so, uh, so one of the things that we, so obviously the gospel, of Jesus Christ, that, that's one of the things that we do. Um, games is another thing that, that kind of appeals more to the flesh than it does to the spirit, but we'll, we'll just go with it. All right. And the third one I would say is, um, I mean, one of the best things you can do is to just show them love. Uh, when they walk in the door, uh, show them love, mm-hmm. follow up with them. Um, let them know that you acknowledge that they were there. Uh, every uh, every Wednesday, um, I check to see if there's any anyone new that stopped by uh, our youth group, and if they do, I send them a postcard. Yeah. Uh, or one of our leaders uh, sends them a postcard just to follow up and touch base with them, just to let them know that we we acknowledge that they exist. Sure. Uh, at the very least, and I want every student before they leave Wednesday night to know that they are loved by an adult leader that's there. Mm-hmm. So. So how do you, I guess I have a few questions from that. So what do you do when students come in the door? Do you have door greeters? Do you Mm -hmm. have a station they go to right when they come in to catch their eye? Mm -hmm. Or do you just have kids come in, flood the foyer? What do you Mm do? Yeah, we do have a welcome center. Uh, We usually have that run by uh, students, actually. Mm -hmm. We have students run that because uh, students are going to connect with students better. So that's just how it works. So um, there is a check-in process uh, that we use. We have uh, on our iPad. We have students check in on their iPad where they can give us their information so that we can correctly follow up with them. Information like like birthday. Like birthday, their address, their phone number, their name. So basic Um, info. Basic info. Yeah, sometimes we'll throw in a question like, uh, you know, what are your ex- favorite extracurricular activities? What sports do you like doing? Yeah. So, yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, I, yeah, I guess I have another question mm-hmm. um, kind of along the lines of that. So how do you make the gospel attractive? Or Because um, you said the best thing you could show a kid or a youth student is mm-hmm. Jesus. Mm-hmm. That's the best thing you can show so how do you do that? Mm-hmm. How do you make the gospel, I suppose, how do you make the gospel come alive to students mm-hmm. in youth ministry? Well, absolutely, yeah. Because like I said earlier, the, the gospel is going to be attractive to the human spirit, yeah. not so much the flesh. <laughs> so that's kind of why we have to, like I said, take take that spirit and put flesh on it. Put, uh, yeah, just put something recognizable on it. Uh, so, um, so yeah, to, uh, uh, yeah, to answer your question, um, you know, when it comes to, 
making the gospel look attractive. Um, part of me says you don't have to work that hard to do it. Mm-hmm. I think we uh, we treat uh, teaching the gospel to kids kind of like uh, feeding them vegetables. You know sure. what I mean? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, it, it doesn't have to be like that. It's not like we're trying to shove these things down their throat. You know what I mean? Mm. Uh, one of the best things that you can do is to um, just uh, let them process it on their own instead of... Uh, uh, one of the things that I really like to do is I don't want to just teach them the truth. I want them to think for themselves. Sure. Instead of me teaching them the truth, I want them to um, kind of figure out the truth on their own. Um, mm. So we, we, we allow space for that on Wednesday night. Uh, sometimes I'll uh, sp- split up into discussion groups and uh, pose a question. I'll throw a question up on the screen and say, hey, discuss this question with your groups. What is, look, in, look in the Bible and see what the Bible has to say about this specific topic. What do you guys think about this? And help them to uh, develop uh, uh, what they know and believe about the truth instead of just... Um, me telling them the truth. Does that make sense? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And I feel like what I like so much about the way that you do it is that um, I know I'm not trying to flirt with you or anything. Whatever, you do all these compliments. <laughs> but I like the way you do it because I feel like it's totally relevant to any ministry, not just youth ministry. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. Um, the way we run Sunday mornings, I mean, you can ask those kind of questions. Okay. You can stir mm-hmm. people on to, to ask. And I feel like that is one of the best things you can do is just make people ask questions mm-hmm. and uh well everything you're saying i feel like applies to any ministry yeah um, mm-hmm. big church small church mm-hmm. anything in between i mean every single one of those ministries we're trying to get people to understand the gospel at a deeper level yeah so it's a common theme yeah, it is between all of them okay yes sure so i want to kind of mm-hmm. turn uh turn the corner now and ask mm-hmm. this question to you why do you um, do midweek programming on Wednesday and not, say, like a Thursday night or a Sunday night? Mm-hmm. Well, Sunday night's not a midweek program anymore. That's just a, a that's just dumb. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> no, let's talk about why we don't do it on Sunday, all right? Sure. Um, this, this is, I, I know there's lots of ministries out there that do it on Sunday. I'm not going to diss on them at all. Uh, personally, I see Sunday night as family night. Okay. Uh, for uh, it, it depends on your culture. It depends on where you're at. But for us here in Northern Indiana, the Sunday night is family night. Uh, mm-hmm. For some families, that is the only sacred time that they have during the week. Yeah. Um, so, uh, uh, which uh, in some cases, I know for some youth groups, it works better for them, and I, I totally respect that. Pick whatever night works best for you. But for us, Sunday night is family night. I've always kind of respected it as such. Uh, so Wednesday night, yeah, I understand that most school systems do not see Wednesday as a sacred day anymore. Yeah. Um, some more than others. Uh, uh, our school system uh, recognizes Wednesday a little more than most, I would say. But, I'd say so. But yeah, we'll, we'll still uh, we'll still have a, a cancel track meet get thrown out on Wednesday sometimes or something like that. You just roll with the punches. Um, students are going to come if they're going to want to come. It doesn't matter what day of the week you have it. Uh, so you just kind of have to pick a day that works best for you. Uh, be confident in it, stick with it, and do it. <laughs> so that's what I would say. Mm-hmm. Sure. There's pros and cons to both, uh, both midweek and having it on Sunday night. Um, and I know some ministries are so large they split junior and senior high and they have them on separate nights. What do you think about that? Yeah. Uh, again, if it works best for, uh, for your crowd, you know what I mean? I've also um, seen ministries uh, split up junior and senior high and have them uh, – 
uh, on the same night. I mean, obviously you need the space to do both of those. So mm-hmm. it just depends on a lot of factors. It depends on space. It depends on uh, the, the culture uh, that your youth ministry exists in. Uh, there's a lot of factors that go into it. So uh, find what works best for you. Um, do not change it to another night unless you are 100% confident in changing it to that night. Um, because when you keep changing things around, it creates this inconsistency that uh, can drive people away in ministry. It really can. So um, pick a night, stick with it. Um, one of the biggest decisions you can make for your ministry is to change it to another night. So do that with caution, do it carefully, do it with a lot of prayer, do it with a lot of fasting, uh, and just seeking out God, seeking out other people. Uh, before you make any decisions like that. Yeah. No, I feel like that's good. It's a pretty important part it is. <laughs> um, of your ministries when you do it. I mean, you know, some churches do Sunday stuff on Saturday night now and then services Sunday morning as well. Mm-hmm. well and if, if it works for the culture, like what you're saying, if it works for the culture, then it works. Exactly. You're always going to be competing with something. Yeah. Whether it's sports or family or whatever, you know, I, I think there. I'll be honest with you, man. I think there are some parents out there that would actually be angry uh, at Jesus if he came back during their son's soccer tournament. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> so it's it's just that sports are all over the place, and families. It's just it's just a lot. It's a lot. So church does get mm-hmm. thrown in the back. It does. It does when it shouldn't. That that's one of the biggest struggles for any youth minister. It, it, yeah, it, it just is. So even in the Midwest, even in the Midwest, man, just about everyone's a Christian. <laughs> still get put on the back burner. That's right. But um, yeah. So we've really talked about a lot of ways. Um, midweek programming has been done right. Mm-hmm. But now I want to talk to you a little bit about how you you. You've seen it done wrong. Ooh, okay. Uh, yeah. Um, one of the things that I've seen a lot of youth ministries do wrong as far as programming goes is um, they, uh, I'll just put it this way, uh, too many games. <laughs> I'll put it that way. Um, I, I've seen uh, too much effort put into the front side of of the, the evening programming to the point where uh the, the worship uh, ends up getting cut or uh, parts of the message have to get cut or even worse, I would say small groups getting cut. Mm. Um, I think all those are more important than games. And that's, that's just my point. I, I've seen uh, ministries that uh, will hang out for over an hour and uh, and then they'll do a message for like five minutes and then wow. they're dismissed and they're done. So uh, it, they can find that at the Boys and Girls Club. Down the street, uh, they can they can find that all kinds of parachurch ministries or extracurricular groups like that. Um, this is a church, though. Uh, it, we're about the gospel of Jesus Christ. Uh, so that that's one thing I would say is that um, some of the more important things get shoved to the side uh, to make room for uh, things that don't matter as much. And some of that is just poor planning. Uh, so that's that's what I would say. <laughs> yeah. That's good. No, so you kind of touched on this, but let's. I want to talk a little bit more about the small groups. Oh, let's talk about um, small groups, man. So, so break it down. What mm-hmm. does your youth group do for small groups? Okay. Um, do they meet at the church? How long do they meet for? What do they talk about? Uh-huh. Yeah. Here's what I would say. Uh, first of all, if we're talking about small groups, I have two words of advice. Do them. Okay. Do small groups. If you're not doing small groups, you're... <laughs> 
I don't want to say you're not doing ministry, but uh, if you're not doing small groups, you are missing out on a key element of your teenager's spiritual growth. Uh, I'll just say it. That small groups are a chance um, for the students to teach each other. Hmm. They're a, a chance, not, not just the adults this time, but also the students, for a chance for students to teach each other um, and to encourage each other. Uh, I'll tell you this story, man. Uh, this is this is last year. Um, one of the students in, uh, in my small group kind of spoke up and uh, when we were talking about prayer requests. And he said that uh, he just found out that his parents are going through a divorce. Mm. So that was very fresh. That that had just happened. And um, before I could even really say anything, a lot of the other students who are struggling with divorce or who had, who had been through a divorced family, they kind of uh, spoke up and mm. started sharing about uh, what they went through and just spoke so much encouragement to uh, to this young man. And um, wow. yeah, there was like three of them in the group that had also recently, within the past several years, who had gone through a divorce in their family. So they were able to step up. And I didn't, I just sat back with a little bit of, a little bit of tears in my eyes, just kind of <laughs> um, just, just letting them do the ministry for me. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, it gives students the opportunity to do ministry to each other instead mm-hmm. of you doing all the ministry. Uh, so that that's one of the things I love about small groups. If they're done right, uh, they they have so much potential for life change. Mm. Um, so, um, yeah. But it, you, you talked about structure of small groups. Usually, uh, I always give my small group leaders questions to go over based on the message. Uh, we'll throw in some icebreaker questions with that too. But um, I encourage the leaders to uh, not stick to the script. I encourage them to go wherever direction they feel like they need to go. Sure. You know what? If a student uh, uh, comes up and says, hey, uh, is my atheist friend going to hell? <laughs> I, I don't want the leaders to be like, eh, we'll talk about that later. Right now we got to stick to this subject. We're, we're talking yeah. about talking about uh, 1 Kings 2 and, uh, <laughs> Elijah, and Elijah and the Bears. Yeah, <laughs> That's more important right now. No, yeah, you, you, you take the conversation where the students want it to go, mm-hmm. within reason. Yeah. So, I mean, if they, if they want to talk about uh, March Madness the whole time, uh, maybe you should ring it back in. <laughs> maybe, maybe. So, so what is, mm-hmm. just for practicality reasons, mm-hmm. I suppose, what is your favorite icebreaker question hmm. to put in? Uh, that's a good question, man. There's, there's so many. One of my favorite ones that when I'm meeting new people are, are like, uh, I have a, yeah, a new group of students I'm working with. I like to ask them, what's their favorite scar? On their body, favorite and what, scar, and what's the story behind it? That's okay. one of my favorite icebreakers uh, because Good. it usually it usually generates a pretty cool story. Everyone's got a scar or something. Sure, or most people, I should say, or they've broken the leg or done something like that. So that's one of my favorite <laughs> questions to ask. What's your favorite scar on your body? Yeah. So, yeah, I remember um, um, when I was doing youth ministry, we would ask the kids. I I, don't, I can't take credit for this. Actually, this was. Um, the other gentleman I was interning with, but we would ask kids, um, how was your week on a scale from zero to orange? Mm-hmm. Just be like, just something completely ridiculous just to well, I would uh, say about make people vulnerable. That. Yeah, exactly. Make people mm-hmm. comfortable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 One of the questions we always have is, how's your week? In one shape or another. Mm. Yeah. So that's, no, good questions, man. All good questions. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah, so I guess we can kind of touch on this. Mm-hmm. Got a few minutes. We can touch on it for sure. Um, what is your dream way to run a Wednesday night? 
It's, ooh, a dream way to run a Wednesday night. Uh, well, let's see. Um, uh, we would have uh, a thousand kids there. That's Sorry, a lot. Not, not kids, students. We don't call them kids. <laughs> We'd have a thousand students there. Jesus would be the guest speaker. That'd be pretty sweet. Uh, the Holy Spirit would be leading worship. Hey. And uh, we would have manna for dinner. So yeah. that's that's okay. that is that is the dream. I mean, we're we're talking completely hypothetical here, right? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. No, I like it. So I um, like it. so anything led by the Holy Spirit. Uh, yes. Okay. Especially if it's worship. So <laughs> so uh, all all that to say, man. Um, the great thing about you know being a youth pastor is uh, the dream way to run a Wednesday night is almost always within your power. It really is. You have the ability and the capacity to create a program uh, that um, accomplishes what you want to accomplish. You kind of have to look at your mission. Uh, You have to look at the gospel and kind of ask yourself, why are we doing what we do? If you can't answer that question, you're doing it wrong. (laughs) You're you're absolutely doing it wrong. So um, it is within your power to run your dream ministry. Sure. It really is. The, The results might not always be exactly what you want, um, but uh, you kind of have to ask yourself, you know, why are we doing, what are we doing? Mm-hmm. Yeah, everything has to fit within your vision. Um, so if you don't have a vision, figure it out, <laughs> because yeah. uh, uh, people want something of purpose, and if they, if your ministry isn't uh, set on a purpose, what what is it set on? What's its foundation? Yeah. So I like that. Mm-hmm. So. Um, one of the reasons I, I wanted to talk to you about this is you've worked in churches of all sizes. Sure. Mm-hmm. Um, small, medium, large. Mm-hmm. Uh, so now I want to talk about how does, how does youth group size affect the way programming works, whether it be in a small church, medium, or mega church? Mm-hmm. Sure. No, that, that's, that's a really good question because uh, a lot of the answers to uh, my questions kind of depend on the, the size of the group that you have. You know, yeah. I, I don't want you to just listen to me and say, oh, I want to do all those things with my youth group and with my small group and stuff like that when it might not even work. You know what I mean? We just kind of found a system that works for us. A youth group uh, of five kids is going to run different. It's going to run different. And, and uh, the thing I like about my experience is that I've experienced all those, kind of like you said. Uh, I grew up in a youth group of five students. Wow. <laughs> So that, that was my upbringing, and I thought that's what youth group was until uh, I went to college and then got an internship. And uh, our junior high night, this is just 6th, 7th, and 8th grade, was running 150 kids. That's, oh, that's, a, that's a lot, you know what I mean? And then I've also done middle. So um, it's, it's kind of one of those things where, uh, yeah, it's, the, the size of your group does matter. So uh, let's start with the small, okay? So if you're a small church and you want to do uh, – a good program here here's what i would say do more relational things mm. do more relational things uh don't be afraid to just on a random wednesday night have something off campus uh if you might be able to throw everyone inside your van or your car <laughs> talk to <laughs> me what you mean yourself. by small how many kids are in small uh we're, we're talking uh let's say let's say jesus's disciples and less okay so okay. a dozen <laughs> and less all right sure. <laughs> um yeah even jesus could only handle 12 people at a time, <laughs> so no, that's not necessarily true. But he, he only twelve, he only chose twelve disciples. So, um, so you're in good company if you have a small youth group. That's okay. So do more relational things. Yeah, uh, that's what I would say. Uh, focus more on the relational side of things. Um, so uh, if you have more of a medium group, and this is what I would say, probably twelve to about. Uh, 
let's say, let's just throw out the number 64, all right? <laughs> 12 to 64. <laughs> um, if, if you're kind of in that range, your youth group's kind of in that range, I would say uh, focus on small groups. Mm. Spend a lot of time focusing on small groups. That, that, that's where uh, you're probably at a size now where you can break up into smaller groups. Uh, so focus on that. Make sure you find leaders that are passionate about students, passionate about Jesus, and put them in charge of uh, some things. Uh, yeah, give your, give your leaders some, um, some room to uh, just uh, uh, demonstrate their gifts and, and how God's gifted them. So I'd say focus on small groups. Now, if you're a large youth group, if you've got over 100, um, that's, uh, <laughs> this is kind of the point where you kind of have to, um, I hate to say this, you know, stop focusing so much on working with individual students, and instead you need to start pouring into your leaders. That's what I'd say, because all of a sudden the leaders need to be the youth pastors. Yeah. Um, even Jesus, like I said, Jesus had 12 disciples, you know what I mean? Even he didn't uh, go beyond his boundaries as a human, and uh, I've, I've tried to do that, man. I've tried to mm-hmm. minister to 100 students by myself. It doesn't work. You need to empower your leaders to uh, be uh, miniature representations of Christ. Uh, to their students. You, you train them to be the youth pastors, uh, almost to a sense where you're kind of working yourself out of a job. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, that's what I would say. Uh, so small, keep it relational, medium, focus on small groups, and large, pour more into your adult leaders. That's what I would say. I like it, man. I, I love it. Um, I, I really do think that once you get to be a bigger size, it really starts depending on the leadership. Mm-hmm. Um, prepping the people, prepping the people who are going to impact the students, really. Um, so that's it, Robbie. Any closing thoughts, closing words from you? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, if you're you, if you're a youth minister out there and you're listening to this, uh, keep fighting. Uh, the work you're doing is good. It is mm-hmm. it is good work. And uh, one of my favorite ministry verses is. Uh, First uh, Corinthians, First uh, Corinthians fifteen, where it says, uh, "Know that your labor in the Lord is not in vain." Uh, mm. So keep keep working hard, keep doing what you're doing. Uh, God's gonna bless it. Uh, mm. So don't give up. Keep doing what you're doing. I like it, man. Well, there's no better way to end than with scripture. I love it. Yeah. Uh, so do it. All right. I love it. Well, thanks for joining us, guys. This is good. Um, this was an interview with the one and only. Robbie Rasball.